0: What up everybody, I want to welcome you all back to the Socks and Sandals Podcast Where society, culture, history, and religion collide And we unapologetically discuss our world views It's your boy Emmanuel, I'm back in the kitchen, I'm whipping it up And I have my guy William Johnson back with me Say what's up to the people, William, those people Yes sir, so this is going to be part 3 of Toxic Masculinity We apologize for the delay, but we're about to get into it And we're going to pick up from where we left off I will say, like I was telling you, William, before we got on air, this is our most, this is my most listened to podcast topic. So, man, I appreciate you. God bless you. You doing something right, and I'm glad we were able to make this happen, bro. I'm
1: glad it could be of service. It's one of those topics that, like I talked about earlier, it's a flash in a pan, and then it goes away. Yeah. You know, and we just had to keep it on the forefront because uh, domestic violence is on the rise. Mm-hmm. You know, there was just another shooting down south or somewhere, again, um, through domestic violence, you know, that extreme jealousy that we talked about. Mm -hmm. So it is still out there. It's larger than life. Yeah. And I appreciate the opportunity to come in and speak a little bit about it.
0: Yeah, no doubt, man. I mean, and like you said, it's it's happening everywhere, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, We see it. We recognize it. But like we said before, we don't talk about it. Right. Uh, it doesn't get a lot of coverage. Doesn't get a lot of traction. Here today, gone tomorrow. Right. Um, but unfortunately, these are people's lives that are it's daily, yearly. They're trapped in this, you know, in these True. relationships, and they don't know how to get out. So hopefully, you know, whether it be the person that's listening to this, they're involved in it, or they pass it on to somebody that they know that needs it, and it just spreads, and you know, all that positivity and that that knowledge. Will spread and that help help them get out of that situation. You
1: know. No, it is it is about uh, passing knowledge. That's what I tell the guys that I work with. That they have the power to end domestic violence. It's within them wow. to speak up and say, you know, I used to be like this, mm-hmm. but now I walk in a different light, yeah. and therefore what you're doing is not right and just start calling guys on the carpet you Mm -hmm. know the things we used to laugh about and joke about is no longer acceptable you know and so um the guys coming out of my program out of any other program they have the power to stop it because they have to speak you know the bible talks about by the blood of the lamb and word of your testimony you know society doesn't want you to say hey you know i was in this uh, predicament i went to jail I went, took some courses and now I'm a little better and I'm learning how to live life differently. Mm-hmm. Society wants to put that shame and guilt on you. You're bad and you will always be bad and this is how we're going to look at you. Mm. And the reverse of that, I tell the guys, they have the power. Um, once they get you know, some traction going to go out and speak themselves. And speak to other guys, you know, on their job, at the church, mm-hmm. in the streets, mainly, you know, to their friends. Yeah. Um, because it is, you do see smidges of it with your your friends, you know, how they talk to their wives, partners, or significant other. You you know right away. Um, and it's up to them, you know, to stop it. Yeah. You know, it's not just, you know, you happen to drive up into a grocery store and you see a guy yelling at his Girlfriend or wife, you know, um, and just walk by it, you know. You, I feel you have a moral obligation to, you know, at least say something. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, pick up the phone and dial nine one one, or you know. Yeah.
0: Now, how hard is that? You know, you, you're dealing with these brothers on a daily basis that have been convicted, mm-hmm. and now they're out mm-hmm. trying to live that life and and, and improve. Do they come to you and tell you about how hard it is to overcome people's, maybe not preconceived notions, but like people have already made their judgment about this person? Well, you know? ironically, a lot of it is,
1: lack like of a better term, undercover. Because you really don't, you really, unless you see a woman who's been abused physically, Mm-hmm all the other characteristics of domestic violence you don't see oh, and you don't know about. They've been getting away. Right. Mm-hmm. So unless um, there's a black eye, there's a cut, you know, um, there's a woman thrown out into the streets, mm-hmm. it's it's like that silent epidemic mm. um, that, again, you'll hear about it on the news and any time that I hear a man shoots himself, shoots his wife or girlfriend I just go right immediately for me I know it's extreme jealousy Mm -hmm. you know if I can't have you nobody's gonna have you or I'm gonna make your life so unbearable the rest of your life you're gonna think about this so it's still under the covers
0: yeah
1: and it can get by Um, you know like with the who was it Um, the football player in the elevator
0: Oh, Ray Rice Ray Rice Mm -hmm
1: um that only came to light because it was on tape
0: Mm, that's true
1: now imagine if a tape wasn't in the elevator nobody would have known and it's sad to say i don't even know if she would have spoke up
0: um she she still married him
1: right Right,
0: she's still married. Him.
1: You know, and he allegedly went through some counseling and all that. And I, I wish him the best. You know, I don't speak ill of anybody who says I have to change my life.
0: Yeah,
1: um, but it's a daily, it's a daily practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it really boils down to, it's the giving of your, giving up of yourself. Um, we're here to serve our wives, partners, or significant other. You know as god lays it out in the bible we're here to serve as jesus served Mm. so a lot of times the way we're raised as males society says the world's supposed to serve you Um, a lot of guys that i've worked with come out of families where it was male dominance so therefore when they get out on their own they can only act as to what they know Mm -hmm. Uh, nobody course corrects them or says you know how you grew up that's not the proper way and what you saw your dad do that's not the proper way Mm -hmm. and this is the proper way no they're cast out into the world at 18 and they fend for themselves Um, and they take on the, the attitude of society as most men you're a man, you're strong, you're not weak you're not humble, you're all these characteristics that you really aren't when you really look down and drill down into the soul of a man Mm. you're not that portray Rocky or uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger Mm -hmm. you're not Mm -hmm. you know because if we all are flawed by sin that keeps us um, and we try and cover it up then we're covering up the fear of exposing who we really are Mm. and truly are. Mm. You know, and I tell guys, they have various strengths that are good and honorable, and they have various weaknesses which are good and honorable. You have to speak to those. Mm. You have to be able to come up and say, I can't do that, um, or I need help um, in anything. Most men are taught to power through you know the old fake it until you make it Mm -hmm. type situations and in relationships they take that same attitude well I'm the man and everybody and everything revolves around me so do as I say Mm. Um, so and we're not really built you know culturally to know what a true relationship looks like you know i'm not saying every person came from a dysfunctional family but the majority has Mm -hmm. so it's always that you you meet somebody and you don't do your investigative work and she doesn't do do hers Mm -hmm. you know you don't. guys don't take the time let me go see what her dad's like Let me go see what their family values are. Let me go see what their traditions are, you know, because it might not match with yours, i.e., say, like, if you take uh, Christmas, we'll just use that. If you come from a broken um, family where money's tight and Christmas is just another day, and you hook up with somebody who Christmas is the epitome of the holiday as far as it's the biggest thing since sliced bread you know we have the trees we have the 50 million presents we have family over and all that if I as a male am not accustomed to that then I have to speak to that and I wouldn't speak to that in a negative Mm -hmm. you know instead of sitting down you know like premarital or wherever sitting down and say what was your life like and vice versa, what was your life like? And seeing if it mesh, and then going from there. So that would force a compromise. That would force a given of yourself to say, well, I think I can live with that, or I can't live with that, and that's okay, Hmm. instead of forcing the relationship. You know you know how guys are, they'll say it up front, yeah, I can do that, and that's fine until they get in it,
0: and then they go back on autopilot to right they, <laughs> now there there is something that you said maybe about five minutes ago that kind of just jumped out to me, so you said, you know what you know they they grow up not knowing necessarily who they are as a man, and they get thrust out the house at eighteen mm-hmm. and then now now they gotta really fend mm-hmm. for themselves and become a man, hmm I've been thinking about that that American eighteen and you're out the house model right maybe it's not American but like that's what I see okay you know growing up so I'm starting to think like that's I don't think that's the best case scenario you know um I don't think someone should be thrust out of the house until they're ready right you know sure <laughs> but I mean what even this is kind of a, a sharp left turn, but do you think that has anything, any correlation with, you know, these guys coming up, being kicked out at 18, mm-hmm. and then, because you're already kind of grown up on the falsehoods of man manliness. Right. And then you think you're a man at 18, and you're right. doing these things and operating, making these decisions based upon these falsehoods, but if you would have maybe would have stayed home and got some more to, I don't know matured a little bit more you may not have well that, that developed certain tendencies I don't know
1: that depends on that depends on the household that you can't you grew up in okay alright so if you grew up in a household where you had a mom and dad dad worked but dad took time with the family and dad sat down and told you the facts of life and he came to your games and all that you know the Beaver Cleaver family mhm you have a good chance of still being messed up because things aren't that way mm-hmm. you know if you look at the um stats that talk about you know the, the children that come out of broken homes, especially in the um black community you you're coming out a different way okay, okay. um for the time that you may have spent with your dad, it could have been a situation where it was plagued with violence. You know, i.e., arguments and or physical violence, or um, that power and control. You know, you do as I say. You wait until I tell you what to do. You know, um, a lot of our guys, when they really get real, will say and divulge their family lives, and most of the guys family lives were horrendous Mm -hmm. okay so as a kid when you see that stuff you start developing um, your formula of how to survive it Mm. okay kids they have done studies um, where kids still in the womb could feel trauma okay Um, a kid in the crib can feel trauma They can feel that tense. They can feel it um, not only in the air, but when mom holds them, they can feel her tenseness. Mm -hmm. You know, something's not right. You know, so as you start to hit five, you start seeing things and you start putting together and your little brain tells you something's not right. Mm
0: -hmm. So I have to protect myself. That's real, man. Actually, uh, that's funny because I remember like, you know... My daughter was maybe 18 months, two years Mm -hmm. old, Mm -hmm. and uh, me and my wife were having a conversation, and Mm -hmm. it got a little, you know, a little heated, whatever, Mm a little tense. I think we we might have been at my parents' house, too. We were talking, and it just kind of like, and we weren't really mad, but it was like the way that we were talking Mm -hmm. could be, you know, and she was just like, and she was just like, no, 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 you know, just yelling and screaming and trying to get in between us. Right. And then mom's like, you better "Watch how you, you know how you guys, you know, she, she knows she's trying to get y'all to come." She's like, mm-hmm. "It's like it's not we're not even really." She's like, "No, but the way that it kind of sounds, she can she knows that you know what I mean." So,
1: children can detect it, oh, and yeah. now they can turn on their safe meter and say, "This isn't safe." So, how do I protect myself?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, um, do I run in? You know, as your daughter did. No, 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 don't, don't do this. Mm-hmm. Um, do I pick sides? Mm. There have been kids who pick sides um, to the one that they think is the strongest, mm. which is weird. But to the one they feel is the strongest, that's the side they go to. Okay. Um, but kids pick it up. So you're growing up in this environment. You're, you don't have the quote model of what a relationship should look like, you don't have the model of what a healthy conflict, because let's face it in relationships we're going to have conflicts mm-hmm. it's how you deal with it, you know it's one of those major things that couples need to learn is it's not all you know peaches and cream, you're going to have conflicts And, you know, like my wife, she's going to get to me and I'm going to get to her, but it's how you deal with it. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you yield and listen to her? Do you empathize with what she's saying? But growing up in a household where um, it's tense and there's arguing constantly, the child picks that up. So as they get older they really don't advance in age because they're still in a survival mode Mm -hmm. and a lot of children coming from a dysfunctional family their name in the game is get me out of this house Mm -hmm. I'm getting out of here and some of them you know I'm getting as far away as I can Mm -hmm. okay Mm -hmm. now when I speak about there's no no course correction we're out there flailing for ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so what do we rely back on is what was modeled Mm -hmm. because that's all we know. Yeah. Um, And it's it's at that time where you either get in trouble or somebody calls you on a carpet of your behavior And really point it out, and you really take it to heart, that's the only time that time will begin to heal. Um, Part of the process that we do with the guys is we take them back to their childhood. And we start getting them, you know, we can't force them to believe it, but getting them to realize this wasn't right. That you had nothing to do with it. It's unfortunate that you had to grow up in it. But you are displaying the same things that you said as a child you wouldn't do. Mm -hmm. So it's getting them, you know, um, I call it doing that deep personal inventory of what was it like? What was it truly like? Mm -hmm. Because I can listen to guys and I can tell them. I can tell right away, and it's just years of doing this, um, who was a dominant factor? Mm -hmm. Um, what was the attitude of your dad towards your mom? You know, or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Um, because you have guys out there that just succumb to anything and won't say anything. Um, basically their power has been taken away, and that's a dominant woman. Um, which would be a dominant mom, mm-hmm. you know. So it all begins
0: at birth. <laughs> mm. Really? Okay, that's deep, man. So let's let's transition into, mm-hmm. um, you know, what's taking place in okay. the course. Like, give us a glimpse of. I mean, this is a fifty-two week course. Now, there's a lot that goes on, obviously, because it takes a long time. <laughs> But give us a glimpse on, you know, what happens beginning, okay. middle, end, you know.
1: Okay. First off, I, I, I failed to mention it the last time, but I do work for an organization uh, called ARMS, um, Abuse Ministry Recovery. And basically what happens is we get referrals from the county and or walk-ins um, from the county we'll talk to. Um, they have been charged with a d- uh, domestic violence. mm mm-hmm. So, court mandates them to take a year long program. Mm -hmm. So, roughly, it's about 52 weeks. And it's 52 weeks, 90 minutes a day, 90 minutes a week, Mm. once a week. So, when they first come in, you know, they are mad at the world. They're mad at the world because. They have to give up their time to come. They have to pay their money, you know, because it's not free. Mm. You know, it's thirty bucks a week, and you can add that up for fifty-two weeks. That's a that's a good piece of change. Mm. Um, they have homework to do. Um, they have um, drug testing, okay, and then there's constant communication with their pro or probation officer. Mm so if we feel a person isn't making progress then we have to uh report it and then they get called in and some will just say just take me back to jail and others will they will try and change we'll put you mean to
0: tell me these brothers don't want to change so much they rather go back to jail yipper wow
1: because if you go back to jail as as a matter of fact it was just mentioned sunday I much rather go back to jail. Therefore, I sit in jail, do my time, come out, and I don't owe anybody anything.
0: Okay. Owe anybody anything as, as far as the as money is concerned, as or just as,
1: as far as taking classes, and or um, taking class, or working on themselves.
0: You must you hard on these brothers, ain't you? Yes. They like, William was like, they get in your <laughs> class. They're like, hey, man, put me back in jail, bro. Like, it was way well, better. It's, it's, <laughs> uh, part of it, you, you part out of it is, of, you, no, you barking at uh, him. What's going I on? Don't I, I don't
1: bark. I don't. I, I am a very humble teacher, but I will call you on your stuff.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: you know, because I'm not the judge. I didn't sentence them. The crime wasn't committed against me. It's mm-hmm. so, therefore, I'm there to help them. But. I'm not going to let anybody skate because in the back of my mind, um, I know if they're not seeking and receiving help, what could happen? Mm. Okay, you know, the the courts give restraining orders and um, no contact, but they're busted every day. Mm -hmm. There's there's no respect. And that in itself scares me because... um, especially if a guy gets a restraining order he can't see his wife or girlfriend or significant other and then down the road she's moving on with her life Mm -hmm. and he's not ready you know because deep down in his mind she's the one and the only one things go south Mm. you know things go south real quick and I always get to that scenario of those guys who have killed their partner and and it's just extreme jealousy Mm. you know or take the children you know i'm gonna get you i don't know how i'm gonna do it but i'm gonna get you that's that's
0: insanity when they take the children i don't oh yeah that's beyond jealousy that's just
1: i'll take something that means a lot to you that's
0: insanity,
1: man. You know, and a I kid mean, you ain't got hear, nothing to do with that. You hear, you gotta, you, if you're tuned to the news beyond mm-hmm. the fluff that they give you, and you hear, um, or an Amber Alert, mm-hmm. that's what it is. You know, a guy takes the girl, uh, child, and goes.
0: Mm.
1: You know. Because there comes a point where no, there's no more reasoning, Mm -hmm. okay? All they can see is it's all about me and I'm going to get what I want and this is how I'm going to get it. So you have some guys that say, I'd much rather go back to jail. Mm. I don't want to change. I don't want you to tell me about myself. I don't want to discover who I am you know i'm thirty two years old and forty years old. I made it this far you know i just i just hit a hiccup
0: i I hear it all, <laughs> but I'd rather go back to jail though yeah. mhm so you mean to tell me when they're so these are these are they're free- or are, are they on probation what is it so
1: they they'll come out on either probation or parole okay
0: and they take a 90-minute course once a week. Once a week. And they're like, I'm going to punt this course. I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to the cage. Mm-hmm. Had somebody tell me to get up at 5 o'clock. Tell me when to... Mm-hmm. When, hold on. Man. That's that's deep, man. That it's, is deep. It's,
1: it's It's one of those things that you just shake your head. Because I don't want to see anybody go back to jail. And I, you know, though I may sound mean... I am very lenient and I will work with you but there comes a point if you're not going to put in the work you know um, if you're not going to do what is required of you then mm-hmm. what's the purpose of taking up a seat
0: well tell me about these so so we've, we've dealt with the, the dropout so now let's say we're three months in what mm-hmm. what are the brothers that made it not the first 90 days what are they into right now you you really
1: don't everybody has their aha moment
0: mm-hmm.
1: oh okay and you see it you see it in their eyes you see it in the way they speak as opposed to that first day coming in Mm -hmm. usually takes six months before you really see it Wow okay and you see it in the little things. you see it if they start speaking up where before they weren't speaking up in group you see it in their language that they can articulate the language properly, mm-hmm. so they're not just giving it to you verbatim. Mm-hmm. You know, this is how I heard it. This is how I'm going to spit it back out. Mm-hmm. Um, you see it in there. Um, every week we have a check-in, and one of the things is how did you work the program this past week? And you start to hear. Um, we'll take like road rage because that's a big one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and they'll say, well, before I used to speed up right on his bumper, give him a finger, yell at him, follow him, you know, all these crazy things to now they have accepted that maybe they have a, something going on in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, so you start to hear them apply compassion to others. So they got empathy now. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. The flip of that is guys that, don't change they're just there taking up a seat getting their check mark and those are the guys you push so mm-hmm. our class are basically at any given time 20% of the guys are getting it Mm. you know that's a low percentage very low percentage very low percentage
0: mm.
1: um for whatever reason, for whatever is holding over their head, they're getting it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, like I said, there's guys who want to go back to jail, there's guys who don't want to go back to jail. they they want to get from under the system. Mm-hmm. okay, so they have succumbed to if I'm going to be here, I'm going to get the best out of it of what I can get.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, even when they complete, we don't say graduate, but when they complete, the percentage is low. You know, I run into them, you know, on the streets or they'll come back for a class and say, oh, man, it's been really rough out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I did this, I did that, you know. So success takes a while. Mm-hmm. Takes a, a long while of totally changing your lifestyle mm-hmm. and saying life isn't bad. Nobody's out trying to kill me. I can do this mm-hmm. so it becomes a thing of the success as in you know alcohol or drugs the success is low because you can still have those who would consider dry drunk they're not changing and they're not progressing they're just not using drugs but at any day they'll go back you know a lot of them A uh, good percentage will lose their uh, relationship with the with the victim, mm-hmm. you know. So now it's like, oh man, what do I do? How do I start? How do I do this? I need her, you know. Mm-hmm. So we have to deal with that. So there's there's a lot of factors in those first months that we have to get through, you know. Um, the biggest thing is when the courts say you can only see your child one hour a week you know so that weighs on them
0: that'll break a man right mm -hmm. there
1: and the other thing is to say okay I have to do this and I want to comply but it's asking too much of me
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and like you said You'll see those who start stop coming to class, they'll start dropping off. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet, they think they're going to figure out how to do it on their terms. You know.
0: So, sharp left turn.
1: hmm Why?
0: Okay. So, typically, the domestic violence is perpetrated against the woman in mm-hmm. these situations. These men that are... That you're dealing with in your course, right? Mm-hmm. What does one hour a week with your kid have to do with that part of it?
1: You know what I mean? Because they think their right is taken. They think the it's unfair. I mean, yes. They
0: think what's unfair?
1: They think the system is unfair now. Why do I have to see, why can't I just go get my kid?
0: No, no. I think it's unfair. That's what I'm saying. Like, as a man, as a father, if you can only see your kid for an hour a week.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh, it's taxing. I'm not going to sit there and (laughs) say I know what that feels like, but it is taxing, yes.
0: But But do you have any insight into why the courts do that? Because
1: of the courts are trying to look at it and say, we got to get everybody healed. And you have to show me that you have changed to the degree that you can be the father that you're called to be.
0: I think part of it. No, no, I'm not an expert, but part of the healing, man, you need to be around your kids. Like, I need to interact with my child. Like, so, for instance, um, a friend of mine, Paul Grace, Paul Henry Grace, the third, my brother, he was just on a uh, on the podcast. Um, uh, a couple episodes ago. So, um, there was an event that he had with his group. His group was called Liberation Literacy, a nonprofit that helps brothers inside and outside the jail. You know, kind of stay in tune with who they are, mm-hmm. read books together, and just you know create community. Um, and we were at one of the events, and they were talking about, uh, asked a question. Is like, you know, a lot of brothers deal with. Not having is not being able to see their kids, and that weighs on them as a mm-hmm. father. Like, um, and they were asking everybody, like, you know, what what would you do? How would you cope with mm-hmm. not being able to be around your kids? yeah, four he has four kids. You know, he's like, like you know that that weighed on me a lot. Mm-hmm. Everybody, you know, said a little some some some, and he's like, you know, that's something we got to deal with. And he's like, all right, Emmanuel. <laughs> well, if- what what do you think? And I said, bro, I I can't. I can't imagine it like me not being able to interact with my children Mm -hmm. as a man as a father like that would break me like I don't I don't know how I would do it and so I I go I do my time and then I come out Mm -hmm. and I only get an hour Mm -hmm. like what is what is a
1: supervised visits or but you gotta you gotta look at it as not saying it callous you choose the behavior you choose the consequences and any court and i've heard it and i've said it if you are you have to, you have to now ironically earn that right to be the dad as far as you've been with your wife partner or significant other for a period of time the kid has trauma you know, a lot of it is um, kids don't want to be there. You know, you you're 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 not saying we're taking a good man out of the house and saying you can't see your kid. We're talking we're taking a man who has some issues, mm-hmm. though a good dad or though to the best of his abilities, but he has issues that precludes him from being that father. Mm. Okay, so It's, it's, it's not a, it's not per se as people would look at it as a punishment as much as we're going to get you healed. We're going to get your kids healed. We're going to get your wife healed. Everybody's going to get healed. And then we're going to slowly integrate you guys back together. Okay. Hmm. And that's the process it's not something to say well you'll never be a dad and this is we know you have the skills and the capability to do it we just want to pull it out of you so when you do if you do reunite we don't have to go through this again
0: mm-hmm.
1: if you do reunite we want to know that your child feels safe around you you know mm-hmm. if you do reunite we want to make sure your wife is safe around you, feels safe, mm-hmm. that we can have this communication. So it's almost like I said, earning your right to show that through this course or other courses, you are learning the skills how to not reoffend. Mm-hmm. you know. Um, so you're right when you say, guys weigh this our visitation heavily. But then you have to be real with them and say, Well, who caused it? The child or you?
0: No, I don't think I don't think it has anything to do with the child as far as
1: Well That's what I'm saying. It's who caused it. You caused this situation. You Mm. caused it to be like this.
0: Yeah. I just, yeah, I just feel like the court's more than an hour a week, (laughs) man. That is nothing, bro. But, oh, it gets worse than that. You don't
1: see the kid, period. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't get to see the kid, period. And a majority of them won't see him for. Like the first six months, even to a year. You know? You know, because once that restraining order is on you, it takes a while to work through it. You know? So once you mm. start working through it, then everybody will come together, you know, um, our organization or another organization that you may be going to, probation, everybody gets together and say, I think you got it. Yeah. Let's move to the next step.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't know. I'm just thinking of it in from my lens, mm-hmm. you know, but obviously you have to take into account the act or acts that happened that mm-hmm. led them to be in that situation. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, man. That's... Because
1: any judge will ask you, well, you're sitting here crying. You don't get to see your kids, but... You had the opportunity to see your kids daily, on a daily basis, and you blew it. Mm -hmm. And that's when the tough talks come, you know. And getting them to be accountable for their action. You know, because like when they first come in, it's everybody else's fault but theirs. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: You know, and that's why we don't allow them to talk about... Their wife, partner, or significant other—it's hmm. all about what you did, um, how you reacted, what you said. Okay, because all Taking we can do is fix ourselves. Yeah, you know that accountability is—you have to, you have to have accountability. Mm-hmm. You know, but I facilitate in a grace-giving, you know, environment. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell them every week. You're good guys. You just did some bad things. You know, God doesn't make junk. So just buckle up and just let's just do this. Coming in every week complaining is not getting you
0: through this. Mm. You know? So tell me about, so we're so we're six months in mm-hmm. and you got 20% of the people that, that are getting it. Mm-hmm. Tell me about this 20%. What are they doing? What changes are you seeing from months six to nine to completion? What's going on with those guys?
1: Those guys, as I said before, are starting to all the gears are starting to click mm-hmm. okay um, as far as I truly understand what domestic violence is mm-hmm. I truly understand what what the effects I caused on my family is or um, I caused on my um, girlfriend or partner mm-hmm. I truly understand what I did I am truly repenting you know I am truly uh, thankful you know so you hear it in their tone because when the guys first come in you just oh boy this is going to be and you know I take little side bets in my head uh <laughs> And you just watch them grow. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll start to see them take ownership and leadership of the group. Okay. Mm. Um, that they will speak up and call somebody out on their garbage.
0: So they start to become coaches.
1: They, they become, well, when you have groups like that, you're I'm basically there to facilitate, make sure they don't beat each other up. <laughs> you know, give them a little bit of knowledge. But it's their group. Mm-hmm. You know, so we have uh, a section, you know, it usually takes about two weeks, two, three weeks to get through, and it's mm-hmm. called a group process, progress check. Mm-hmm. And we, we ask some serious questions as to what do they think of, how honest have they been? How um, honest has your, you know, your group been? The other guys in the group. Mm -hmm. And it's a real eye opener because some will start to click, you know, as saying, hmm. So I got 12 people in the group, and six of them say they don't think I'm honest. Mm. You know? Um, It's one of those, I thought I had it. Yeah, here it is. So it, it would be questions like this, um, how honest am I being it with the group, am I sharing everything, am I embellishing things, am I being honest about things, you know, and that's on a scale of one to 10. So they will grade themselves and then the group will grade them, you know, how much effort am I putting into the program, how much feedback am I giving to the program, you know, um, who do I know the most about in the group, who do I know the least about in the group who's the most accountable in the group Mm. Uh, who's who's still denying their abuse Mm. and it's tough because they don't they they don't really want to do it you know but it's their group you know so you know the old adage you you, um, get out what you put in Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so you if you put in the work you're going to get it and guys, usually, after this lesson, you'll start to see a little bit of change. Mm-hmm. You know, because you tell somebody you're not pulling your weight, you know, they, they're upset. Yeah. Um, so then, the 20%, you can see by their actions. Um, are they asking the tough questions? Are they questioning Hey, you know, this might have been an, an abusive situation. I know it might not have been abusive, but it probably was borderlining on abuse, mm-hmm. you know, um, i.e. with coworker co-worker or, or um, their spouse if they're still together. So they'll start to self-regulate themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that they have to pick up. We can't pour that into them. Because mm-hmm. first off they have to buy into what we're saying yeah you know so if they begin to buy into it if they begin to say okay these books I'm reading you know because they're required to read two um, books I'm starting to understand what this guy's saying and then the biggest thing of all is the empathy part Mm -hmm. you know we have a section where we go through and ask questions um and they take on the role of their victim.
0: Mm, Role reversal.
1: Yeah, they take on the role... Let me see if I can pull that up. Where is it? Um, They take on the role of the victim, and they're asked questions that are directed to the victim, but they have to answer in the victim. Um, So... There, we push them. We we really push them to say, "Hey, you guys want to get a grip on this, and we want you to get a grip on this. And we want you to be successful." So this is what it looks like, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you'll have guys who are um, doing their homework, you know, and the homework we sent home isn't the easiest thing to do, and it takes time to do, and they got to sit down, and then it's graded as far as. Did they just put fluff in it? Mm. Or did they really sit down and think about it and do it? Um, can't find that one right now. But So they're going to work. And like I said, it's just like with your child, you you start to see development. And they can start to recite it back to you in their way, which allows you to know they're getting it. Mm -hmm. you know so the 20% of guys and again that might be too high but 20% um, once they complete I can say okay they should get it and if they don't get it you know because nobody's perfect if they don't get it they know to come back. That's the thing.
0: So that's good. So they they come back. Well,
1: they don't come back like they they should. <laughs> you know, it's an open invitation.
0: Okay. So, when they when they come back, what's what's really going on?
1: A lot of it when they come back is they forgot what they learned in the program that's after 12 months being truthful oh man they'll start out good okay and then good becomes it's too hard to um we had one guy come back and he went back to drinking and one thing led to another and um he knew he was going down a slippery slope Hmm let's say uh so he came back and he's i commend him because one he came back two he's getting counseling Mm -hmm. you know um so usually when they come back they come back with it started out good Mm -hmm. and then i just gave up Mm -hmm. um for whatever reason yep uh You know, um, I wasn't managing my self-care. I wasn't taking care of myself, not only just eating and sleeping, but, you know, medication. If I was on medication, what am I doing spiritually? You know, all these things to keep you going. Hmm. Um, I got disconnected from the church. I stopped, you know, talking to people, and I just became isolated, Hmm. you know. So a lot of them... That when they come to our program, life has really been turned upside down. So maybe their wife, partner, significant other left them. Um, Maybe, you know, the restraining order is still intact. So a lot of things um, they start to experience in real time, Mm. I would say. And you tend to fall back on what you know
0: so about that part when you said they the people that are coming back like they gave up right well I wouldn't say they gave up but they're going through it and it's like little by little they're just kind of losing ground mm -hmm. and they kind of just revert back to what they know to what they know Mm -hmm. to who they are right their their natural state of being is the reason why, right. why they were in that situation.
1: So, you know, their their neurons say in their brains, as you switch neurons to get mm-hmm. on a new path, mm-hmm. that path is basically the analogy of forging through a, a forest. Yeah. So you're hacking and cutting, and you can't see the the end let alone see the beginning or how to do it Mm -hmm. Uh, and they get tired Mm -hmm. so it's like well I know a path that I walked on daily Mm -hmm. and it was more comfortable you know it's the same as if I can use the analogy of the Israelites
0: Mm.
1: you know now being in the desert eating manna every day Probably wasn't the best condition. So what do they say? It was better in Egypt. Mm -hmm. And as we sit here, we know Egypt was worse. You know, that lifestyle was not becoming. Mm -hmm. That lifestyle was not what God had intended for them. So it's the same with our guys. Mm. Some of them will say, nope.
0: Um, I'd rather go back to jail than sit in this (laughs) class. So, So I'm reading this book called The Willpower Effect
1: mm-hmm.
0: with uh two of my brothers that, you know, we we hold each other accountable every week. Mm-hmm. Um, every Sunday morning, we get together, meet at a Starbucks, go through a couple of chapters of whatever book that we're reading, mm-hmm. go over our goals, so on and so forth. So with this book, I kind of like it, but I kind of don't. <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you, I like it because it's practical and, yeah. you know, it talks about the prefrontal cortex and... You know, and, and how you can create stronger willpower by practice. You know, your brain is like a muscle. The more you mm-hmm. do certain things, the stronger you get. And it talks about the two brains. It doesn't. It talks about the prefrontal, prefrontal cortex. I forgot the the part in the middle. The na- what it's called, um, uh, what what they're calling the second brain. I don't know if it's the amygdala or if it's uh,
1: what is it. What is it responsible for?
0: should grab the book it's responsible for the prefrontal cortex is responsible it's like more responsible for automation maybe um more i don't know but i'm not gonna get into it but it's talking about the two brains Mm -hmm. but there's another book that i read
1: Mm -hmm.
0: about you know how to become how to evolve your brain and how to Become a new person.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And in that book, it talks about having three brains. We have three brains within our brain. Okay. So you have your prefrontal. You have your middle. Forgot what that one is called. Mm-hmm. Maybe the limbic. I don't know. Is that the limbic system? I don't know. But then you have your cerebellum. Mm-hmm. And it talks about 95% of the decisions that we make are what? Automatic. Automatic. Subconscious. Which is all in the back in our mm-hmm. cerebellum. So it's what we know. When I'm reading that book, I'm like, man, we're, I'm I'm going to be spending the next five weeks reading through this book, dealing with five percent of my decision making.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When I know that ninety-five percent is automatic subconscious so I should be focusing on that like I you know I'm trying to get these
1: well again it's okay so if we're looking at let's break it down to sports mm. they your your athletes your top athletes mm-hmm. who have mastered the skill say like Michael Jordan mm-hmm. nine out of ten times he's not thinking I know okay it's just going Mm -hmm. so he has practice enough that he can do whatever he wants to do and not worry about the outcome because he knows it's going in alright so what it sounds like and I could be wrong but what it sounds like the book is saying is you have to retrain your brain from what it once knew to where you want it to go okay so in order to do that we have to give up that comfortability of the autopilot
0: and we have to retrain it Mm, not necessarily well I don't think that's what the book is saying Mm -hmm. the book is just saying when we get to that what I will do and what I won't do and what I want to do,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you're able to do what you want to do. Or look at it in is in a way where you can motivate yourself to want to do it. You know. Now I'm only I'm only two chapters in. So I no. got I got some more and, and my, my buddy he read right ahead, he's like, Bro, chapter six is fire. I'm like, Man, you you getting all <laughs> this stuff. We ain't we only two chapters in whatever. So um a lot but, but, of, a what,
1: lot of it is to do with your capacity to say I can see for as much as I can the future and the future looks like this it's a lot of goal setting okay a lot of people set goals and they never make it mm-hmm. okay because yes I can write it down and I can do some of the steps but at some point in time those steps are going to be like Mount Everest to climb Mm-hmm. Which is going to take some work, mm-hmm. you know. So it's it's one of those things. At usually at the fifty percent mark, people start bailing out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like why aren't New Year's resolutions kept? You know, New Year's resolutions are kept for no longer than forty five days and then it's stopped. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it's hard. Mm-hmm. So you have to retrain your brain yeah. to say. I can do this. We have to retrain our brain to say, "I can do this." I might not can do it by myself, but I have to pull in some people to help me. Mm-hmm. For a male, that's very hard to do because the male is beating himself up, saying, "I'm supposed to do it all by myself." Because society says, "I'm the male, and I should be able to do this." Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so. Your brain is very powerful, but your brain can only go where you take it. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. um, as far as whatever you tell yourself, what what positive self talk are you telling yourself versus what negative self talk are you telling yourself? Mm-hmm. So, can you retra Can you? Can you rewire your brain?
0: Yes. Yes. But it's going to take some work. It's going to take some work. Um, what would you say to help these brothers change? Because you said only 20% of them get it, and then some come back. Mm-hmm. I think something that Linda said was like um, 97% of domestic abusers continue, only 3% actually change. Like folks that have been. Actual change,
1: yeah, that's about right.
0: Only three mm-hmm. percent, um, but there, so but there are, but
1: there, really, those three percent have put in the work.
0: They put in the work,
1: and the work is going to be ugly. Why? Why is it going to be ugly? Okay, part of it is you're learning a new way of living. Mm-hmm. The second part of it is your spouse, partner, significant other is going to be questioning you of why you did the things you did and when they question you of why you did the things you did most guys challenge that instead of owning it
0: Hmm. okay I think well we're all kind of wired to uh, defend
1: yes we are People will rather
0: castle. defend right? than, you know.
1: I mean, I tell the guys, you know, there's going to come a time where you're going to have that talk. And she's not going to bring up nothing new. Mm-hmm. And you have resolved, you did these things. So what is it that makes it hard for you to hear it? Mm-hmm. You know, she's not making anything new. So she has to go through her own process. She has to feel safe enough to question um, or to ask questions about the old you. Because part of it is she's looking for that security. You know, you said you wouldn't do it again and you did it 50 million times. How do I know you're not going to do it now?
0: But that's... So that's what I'm getting at. Mm -hmm. Are... Are they being trained to be a new? Is there a new them? Is it just the old them with mechanisms of, all right, when this arises, this is what you should do. Or are they being trained to totally reprogram themselves, refire and rewire different neurons to to operate as a totally different person?
1: They're being taught Mm -hmm. their old ways versus a new way and then they have to make the decision. We can't make that decision for them. They have to believe what they're hearing. Mm -hmm. They have to believe that, you know, I'm not gonna hit a home run out the park,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: okay? So I I, I tell them, you know, I said, that's where, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit starts to kick in. Mm. Because now the conviction starts. So if you decide that you're going to go raise your voice, something in the back of your head is going to say, I don't think that's the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like your oil light in the car. If you keep ignoring it, you're going to have problems. So if you keep ignoring the prompting of the Holy Spirit, you're going to have problems. Mm -hmm. You know, a thing that I used in, uh, when I dealt with, um, Um, guys and girls getting off of uh, drugs and alcohol was, you weren't responsible for your addiction, but you're responsible for your recovery. Mm -hmm. So there's no more excuses. So therefore, if you choose to do anything, if you choose to go back out there and use, if you choose to become violent, if you choose these things to do, then you are absolutely 100% choosing the consequences because mm-hmm. now you know mm-hmm. um, so you have to at some point come to the realization let me give it a try and see what happens because most guys think the worst is gonna happen you know they think they're gonna literally they think they're gonna get killed you know that's the analogy they feel that's what's going to happen mm-hmm. okay so that defense that you talked about that's what goes up mm-hmm. you know instead of listening because I tell them you don't go on your job Acting like this, well, okay, let me qualify that. Well, <laughs> there's a percentage that do. Well, but it's not the everyday common occurrence, mm-hmm. as it is when you cross that threshold into your house. Mm-hmm. Okay, so at that point, it can be stopped if you only act out with an intimate partner, mm-hmm. but then you cross that threshold and go out into the world and you act somewhat okay, Mm -hmm. it can stop.
0: It's, yeah, I mean, that's, think about it. Yeah. It's not
1: like you're going out in the streets and looking for drugs. But I mean, it,
0: it, it can't, but it's eventually, if you're going to be in a situation where that happens, it doesn't mean just because it doesn't happen in this situation. But like, I think, um, uh, if, if that urge is inside of you Mm -hmm. and it's never dealt with, it's going to come out. So you can mask it. You can, you can be busy. Mm -hmm. You can be, if you're a smoker, Mm -hmm. all right, because I'm a smoker, I'm going to be a flight attendant. So, therefore, I'm going to spend most of my time in an airplane, mm-hmm. in an environment where I can't even have the option of smoking. But you're not. And hopefully, that's going to, because it I'm, doesn't. It's, it's, it doesn't. So, <laughs> even though that person can be out in public, and they can be at church, or they can be at their job, and they're not they going to do it there. More. But eventually, they're going to be home with somebody. And they're going to do it there. And they're going to do, if it's if it's in them, it's going to come out. And so, so what I'm trying to get at is. Is there a way Has there been any research on her Is there another way to, to attack it Where we're, we're, we're breaking the habit Of being myself Like I'm not going to be Who I have been be. mm-hmm. Like all of that It can... cannot continue right. So now I have to tap into I have to rewire Tap into my subconscious and fundamentally change right. The essence of who I am Mm-hmm. You know what I mean like and it, it
1: takes it takes again it's not 52 weeks and we're done. Mm-mm. It's a lifelong process.
0: What if they got hypnotized? No nope. and then mm-mm. somebody did some whatever they do <laughs> uh-uh. you know what I mean <laughs>
1: it's, it's one of those it's because then they're looking for a quick fix. I don't have to do the work. I'll go to a hypnotist.
0: But you know, you hear about people that go to hypnotists and like, oh, I, don't, I haven't had the craving to smoke ever again. Like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, something's, they're, they're doing something. You know what I mean? So now you go to a hypnotist, like, you know, I don't even have, I don't have all these mm-hmm. aggressive emotions anymore. Like hey, when somebody cuts me up, I don't, I don't have road rage anymore. I don't want to mm-hmm. hit my wife anymore. I'm just, I'm good. Like, well, you know? cause you gotta, you
1: have to put in the work, you okay. know, going back to Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson. Uh-uh. Michael Jordan
0: uh-uh.
1: you can <laughs> if he goes to a hypnotist then he's not putting in the work it's it's like a lack like of a better term a performance enhancer okay this is going to make you better you take this and we can skip the weights we can skip all of this this is just going to do it mm. the same in um, if you send a, a a domestic abuser to a hypnotist mm-hmm. he's not putting in a work and truthfully I feel it's just a temporary solution
0: mm.
1: now is he still going to have the same stressors that he came into the program with yes mm-hmm. okay but th- through the program we're trying to teach him those stressors are going to be there mm-hmm uh-huh. Those stressors aren't just new to you. It's to everybody.
0: Mm.
1: And those stressors is how you deal with them. How are you going to deal with those? Okay. What are you doing? Are you connected to a church? Are you connected to a mentor? Are you connected to an accountability person? Mm -hmm. So... The brain can be rewired. Mm-hmm. But it's over a course of time. A lot of that is believing in yourself and allowing God to guide you. Because, oh, it's going to be tough. It's it's any anything. You know, you look at Moses, what he had to go through before he became, you know, what he became.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, he's like... Pfft, I killed somebody, I'm out of here. Mm -hmm. You know? But God took him through a series of events. Mm -hmm. And then he said, now you're ready.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: This is what I have for you. Mm
0: -hmm. So tell me about the 3% Mm -hmm. that you've encountered. Was there any success story that comes to mind? You're like, man, this brother got it. Like,
1: There is the... That small percentage mm-hmm. where well, you don't look at him, but you look at what their wife's partners or significant others saying.
0: Okay. So what are those experiences you know, like for you?
1: Thank God for your program. Mm. Um, I see a real change in so-and-so. Um, we had a little tough moments, but he seemed to work himself through it.
0: Mm.
1: Okay. Um, he's really involved in the family he's he's involved in the church he has accountability Mm. you know he's not the same guy you know so I don't I look for that because I can go to the guy and hey everything's straight everything's great we're just you know and meanwhile his hair's on fire and his wife is like oh my gosh yeah you know so you look to family members Mm -hmm. how's he acting how, you know. Um, but those are the people who have said to themselves, man, I almost lost everything. Mm. And I don't want to lose it. What do I have to do? Okay. You have those who come through the program that get divorced in a program. And mm. they just tank.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: they can't see if i stick it out this is for the next person
0: so is there any um is there any type of routing through the system where you bring those guys that have the success stories bring them back and talk to the group does the, does the group ever get a glimpse of what success looks like from other people that came through? Some groups. Not all groups. Okay. Because we don't...
1: If that were to happen, we would make sure that the guy coming back was
0: in that group. You know? No, I mean, so let's say you had a group from so we 2015. Had,
1: mm-hmm.
0: You had two super successful like wives family member like totally different guy thank God for your program so you got a group now in 2018. Mm-hmm. it's like hey man we're gonna bring in Tony oh okay no. you know what I mean from 2015 you know, classic you know whatever 2015 right. he's gonna tell y'all about yeah man it's brother William and I couldn't stand this dude man but he's, he's he saved my life you know is it anything like that no no okay
1: and no there's, mm. we don't do that mm. and I'm thinking that's a good question say why don't we but then
0: it's a lot of people can't be what they can't see or what they haven't seen but some people say that you know they need to see it to believe it to be inspired you know well hear and that, again hear that, that testimony
1: and again that can turn people off you know oh you think you're big and bad you, yeah yeah mm-hmm you know so it's a catch-22 and when you're dealing with guys the best predictor is saying you gotta change you know and I tell them you can sit here and fluff through this course you know all you want mm-hmm. but you're going back in out there okay maybe you skirted jail but you go back out there the same way you came in you're going to jail Mm-hmm okay you're going to get a divorce you know so then it becomes what's the price of poker what what are you willing to do that you don't lose so it all becomes um like we're just one piece of catalyst the church is another piece the probation officer is another piece their job is another piece mm-hmm. you know we're just one little peace saying alright this is the lesson mm. you know and eventually you're going to leave that lesson and mix back with the world you know You, it is our hope that you retain the lesson um and you took it serious but um, unfortunately you can't babysit everybody mm-hmm. you know um And by right, all we can do is just plant the seeds. Give them a good watering and send them on their way. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, And that's that's where we say, okay, you have the tools. And you can choose to use them or you can choose to leave them in the tool shed. But I would advise that you, you use them. And a lot of it is having that servant heart, having that piece of humility, Mm -hmm. you know, because those two things don't go together with man.
0: Do they get any access to, uh, like, psychologists or psychiatrists or anything like that? They can. They can? Mm Mm-hmm. For free? Mm, no. No? No, it's free. Because that's expensive. <laughs> no, they can.
1: They can. A they, lot of them that come out of jail, they have so much at their disposal that they fail to use, mm-hmm. you know? Um, we're just a catalyst, you yeah. know, a program that the court recognizes and say, okay, you have a choice. You can go to Allies in Chains or you can go to ARMS. We're going to tell you right up front, ARMS is a Christian base. Ally isn't chain, isn't we? Can go out to Clackamas. Um, so again, like I said, we're just a catalyst, and they can tap into resources p- putting their parole or probation officer to task to say, You need to help me get into life life work, you got to tell me how to get here, you got to, you know, write a letter here if they truly want it, you know. It's like, at what length do you want recovery?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And what are you willing to do? Um, and first and foremost, you know, it's, it's that whole spiritual kick of looking up to God every day. Mm-hmm. God, without you, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's that humbleness. I need you. Mm-hmm. God, I'm about to go and have a relapse but I know that's not in your will and I know that's not what I want to do but I need you mm. you know what they say he will give you a way out mm-hmm. you know again going back to what I said earlier it's that Holy Spirit conviction that says hold on dude don't no no. that's not what you want to do let's think about another way
0: you know so tell me this not everyone makes it
1: mm-hmm
0: so make it three six or some some complete is there anything in particular that no matter how long you've been there there's something that they all take from is there anything that you guys do on a weekly basis they have to memorize some type of statements some type of affirmations or yeah. anything that they we,
1: we um we have a thing called the prayer process mm-hmm. so the p stands for um, process the event through prayer You're in a situation, get on your knees, stop what you're doing, pray about it, you know. Um, Recognize your hidden hurts and experience them. What hurt feeling am I feeling right now? What thing just went off in my body? Mm -hmm. What is that little boy screaming, Hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Apply compassion to yourself and others. Am I giving her the benefit of the doubt? Am I giving that driver the benefit of the doubt? And then you use Christ-like attitudes and actions and tr- and embrace your true values. You know, if you take time to go through that process, the outcome will be much different than what you were willing yourself to do. Instead of just blowing up, you step back and think. Because all negative Reactions, feelings, comes from an inside hidden hurt. I felt disrespected. I felt unloved. I felt abandoned. Um, all those, all those negative feelings, has hit um, a hidden hurt somewhere. And if we can step back and say. Man, I feel disrespected. Mm-hmm. Why? You know, applying that compassion part. I don't think they meant to disrespect me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what attitudes and action am I going to take? Well, I know he didn't mean to do it. Or she didn't mean to do it. So I'm going to look at it this way. So it's 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 a... That, if you can get that piece down, and we ask them every week, what's the prayer process? Mm. What's the prayer process? And they'll come in and say, hey, you know, I used the prayer process. And they'll even tell you, "Eh, I only got halfway through it. (laughs) You know? But again, um, they're responsible for getting well, Mm. which they can't do on their own, but they're responsible for it. Mm -hmm. So if I can get you to think, before you react um, putting your feelings aside because feelings change so feelings aren't worth nothing mm-hmm. you know uh, meaning you got to put that aside because mm-hmm. it's just a feeling and it comes and goes mm-hmm. um, and get you to step back analyze everything through yourself not the other person but through yourself you will come out to an amenable Solution.
0: Mm. I like that. The prayer process.
1: Mm-hmm. hmm You great. know, and it's just taking time out to say, okay, let me think about this. Okay. What is it that I am feeling? And did that person mean to do that? Did that person... Know what they were saying affected me that way. Did they do it on purpose? Mm-hmm. You know. And once you walk through that, it's that compassion, and then it's the old W W J D. Mm-hmm. What would Jesus do? You know. You take, for instance, the the woman came in at adultery, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees brought him before Jesus mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. he could have went he could have went off on him you know but thought about it he wrote something in the sand that we will never know I want to ask him when he gets there mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then calmly said hey you without sin cast the first stone you know Ask the woman, where are your accusers? They're gone. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so every... We don't... It may sound weird, but... We don't have to get upset to the point where we're exerting power and control over somebody. Mm-hmm. If we take the time to look at ourselves. You know, because... That don't sound weird to me. (laughs) That sounds like sound
0: advice to me, my brother. (laughs)
1: Sometimes people just... You know, how many times have you heard? Well, they made me do this. Well, if they didn't do this, I wouldn't have done that. Oh, yeah, that's just a
0: cop out. You know, and I'm like, okay. Mm -hmm. Um, That just means you lost control, that's all I mean.
1: And it is. it is you know and that goes back to the garden you know Adam telling God if you didn't give me her we wouldn't be in this situation so whose fault is it really? Mm. you know not taking responsibility you know and that's Adam and God you know we do the same thing yeah well if this wasn't this if this wasn't like this or if you didn't do this I wouldn't have done that you Mm. know so, basically, it is your fault when it's... And I'm going to leave it as your fault when, in fact, it is my fault. but I'm not going to admit to it, oh. you know. But it's, it's something that I say and always say we as males have to talk about it. The we who know, like a better term, right from wrong, yeah. that you don't treat a woman this way. Um, you don't act this way towards a woman. And when we see it, we're gonna stand up to it. Mm. You know, and if we don't wanna get in the middle of it, we're gonna call 911, you know. Mm. Um, but it stops, it stops with men. You know, it stops with men. It doesn't stop with um, It doesn't stop with women. Mm-hmm. You know, women can get together, band together, build the shelters and all that stuff. But the it's the man who has to step up and say, uh, we're not going to allow this anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, um, which my little pet peeve with the NFL and all of them guys, they have the power to stop it. Mm-hmm. You, know? Um,
0: you know what? The funny thing that you mentioned that... Um, that's the one thing that I did take from this book in this first two chapters that I'm in <laughs> the willpower effect. Mm-hmm. So it talks about a guy who was working on a train mm-hmm. or at a train station or laying down railroad tracks or something like that and mm-hmm. clearing pathways and whatnot. Um, this is back in like the early 1900s or something, maybe 1800s. And, uh, you know, they use explosives. So had one bad accident. Some piece of metal flew up, went through like his eye socket, took out a chunk of his prefrontal cortex. Mm-hmm. And so he lost his ability, like he lost his willpower because that's where it, all yeah. that stuff happens right there. And so, and it talks about people that have damage to the prefrontal cortex, you lose your ability to feel, mm-hmm. um, to feel fear, and. Oh, man, I, I got to pull up my notes. But you, you lose fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's certain emotions that you just don't have. Mm-hmm. And you, you lose your ability to, to calm down. Like, you can't calm yourself down. Like, when you when you have these emotions, you just react. So, it made me think about, I was like, why, why are guys in the NFL so violent? When your prefrontal frontal cortex is messed up,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's out of sync, and it's out of whack, because they get all those concussions and they're always hitting mm-hmm. with their head, you know, with their forehead, mm-hmm. they lose the ability, <laughs> the cognitive ability. Like, they don't have the ability to regulate themselves. They lost that. So that's why they, when they get mad, it doesn't matter who it is, mm-hmm. they snap. And so that is a reason why we're seeing all these guys and all this domestic violence stuff because these... And it's typically... The got the linebacker, the running back, mm-hmm. the guys that go head up all the time. It's not the offensive lineman. It's not the quarterbacks. It's not. It's not the cornerbacks. Mm-hmm. It's deep It's running backs, and it's linebackers. Those guys that hit get hit in the head all the time. They're the ones that have these issues.
1: No, you can you can and you can miss part of your brain. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, what is it, uh, Alzheimer and all that stuff where you lose mm-hmm. part of your brain, where you have, you're you're losing your executive functioning.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you're you're losing the things that a normal person would say. That's just common sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, um, and you're right. Once you lose, once you lose those, it's very unlikely you'll get it back Mm -hmm. you know they have like with um, the concussions Mm -hmm. concussions have been happening since the old time raiders Mm -hmm. but now like you said they are now seeing things um, that are lack of a better term abnormal Mm -hmm. in people's actions and attitudes and you have to look at the brain. Yeah,
0: and they can't, you know? they can't regulate their emotions the way they used to, and they can't, mm-hmm. like, well, I should do this, or I should do that. It's just, like, react, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Uh, you know, it's like those with Alzheimer, and how they revert back. You know, they revert back to the thing they once knew. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's sad. Um, You know, there's always... Medical research going on to say, hey, but the bottom line is a deterioration of the brain.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know. Yeah,
0: that's real. Yeah, man. Well, we're going to take another sharp left. We're going to go into something that I meant to do the last time we spoke. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called the Fab Five. Five questions that I ask everybody that comes on the show.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, question number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, what artists Who is your favorite artist And what album or song Made you fall in love with them And I'm talking about like musical artists
1: Favorite artists mm-hmm. I am Hmm That's a good question mm-hmm. I am a product of the 70s and 80s Okay So um, Coming into the 70s I was a rock and roll head, so it's the Elton John's, the Doobie Brothers, believe okay. it or not. Um, coming into the '80s, if I had to pick a favorite group uh, or artist, probably would be Tupac or or Biggie. Say what? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I was a hip hop junkie. I
0: really. So what's what's your, what is your favorite hip hop? Like what album made you fall in love with hip hop?
1: Hmm. Um. What album? Now I got to tell my age. It was Sugar Hill Gang. Okay. You know. Yeah. Uh, Rappers delight. Okay. And then you had Kumo cool D and. It's just that whole.
0: Mm-hmm. So you was there from the beginning. You you know mm-hmm. you have been here.
1: Then LL Cool J hit the scene, and mm-hmm. I wasn't really much into him, but um, but then when Run DMC hit the scene, you know my Adidas. Yeah. And gave segue to you know like Tribe Called Quest. Okay. You know
0: hip hop head. So who you on right now? You uh you with Travis Scott? Or you, uh. Uh-uh. Little uh-huh. Uzi Vert? Who you? No. I'm
1: back to hip hop.
0: Migos. No, nah. no, I no. don't
1: know any. Don't ask me. Nobody <laughs> knew because I'm like,
0: that's not uh. yeah.
1: so like my wife says, I, I got a collection eclectic style. I have worship. Yeah. And the hymns and all that. And then I have hip hop.
0: yeah, <laughs> You know, but anything wrong with that? I, I feel <laughs> that. All right. Question number two. What movie or is there a movie that has affected your outlook on life?
1: Yeah, and it might be silly, but yeah. Some of all fears have kept me out of stadiums.
0: <laughs> Some of all fears has kept you out of stadiums. I haven't seen that movie, so I. Go.
1: <laughs> well, it's basically a terrorist blows up a stadium at a football <laughs> oh, game. I, and...
0: <laughs> I figure something bad happened in the stadium. <laughs> but, yeah, that's. So you haven't been to an NFL games, is that what you're saying? Nope. Oh, my goodness. Who's your favorite team? Giants. You I can
1: keep... sit there in the safety of my home.
0: Oh, my goodness. <laughs> No,
1: it's it's serious, um, and it's funny because uh, when I was a kid, when Jaws came out, mm-hmm. you look at it now and it's funny, it's all get out. But back then it was serious. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't go down to the coast. We didn't go to the shores. Oh my! The goodness. mayor had to get on TV and whatnot and say yeah. our our shores are safe.
0: Wow, it was serious business that, back then, huh? That
1: movie put out. <laughs> <laughs> You know. I think I was
0: young enough to not even know the different, like to be fearful of it. But I, I vaguely remember that movie coming. Oh, out. if you
1: watch it now, it's just silly because yeah. you're just like, oh my god, because <laughs> what they do is CGI now, and you know that was the forefront. We're gonna make this big fifty foot shark, and this is gonna look as real as real can be.
0: And mm-hmm.
1: you look at it now, and it's just like I was scared of that.
0: Right, that was terrible. <laughs> um. When you start to feel overwhelmed, how do you de stress? I bowl. I bowl. hmm So you you the person that you got you got the bag you got your own ball. You know, this is not balls. a game. This is life.
1: I have seven balls. I have uh, seven. Yeah, dang. <laughs> seven balls. Serious. Um, three pairs of shoes. Oh man, I'm on the lane about um at least four times a week sometimes oh six, that's the
0: i mean i love bowling too i haven't never taken it that far but like oh yeah i compete- wouldn't well i sh- I shot archery for
1: the u.s so really um been down to costa rica shooting archery been up in canada
0: shooting archery and you went to olympics or no, olympic
1: trials or anything like that i went to the trials, the trials? okay but Life got in the way. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Life got in the way. You know, I made it to the top 32 and then just, it went downhill quick.
0: Mm. Well, Uh, that's an accomplishment, man. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. You know, um, won the Canadian Nationals. Not sitting here bragging.
0: What? Okay. Talk that talk. (laughs) Yeah. Canada, (laughs) stand up. So, it was, uh,
1: I've always had a competitive, so when I get, you know, that was in 2003. Then my shoulder went kind of bad, and I said, I sat around, didn't do anything, and said, what can I do? I'm an individual sports player. Mm-hmm. So anything with me against, like, the target in archery or the pins in bowling, mm-hmm. um, that's the kind of guy I am. Yeah. So team player, yeah. You can do without that. <laughs> so but, Wait, so you
0: you live in Canada?
1: No, oh. we went up there to shoot. Okay, that's where that's where the meat was. Okay, so it was like go up there, and I'm like,
0: huh, I got this. Yeah. Okay. So what's your your best game, Bone? You done a three hundred?
1: No, no, my best game was about two months ago, and shot a two seventy nine. Woo!
0: Boy, so that means you only missed one.
1: No, that means I missed... Well, I had strikes going into the 10th, and then I hit a 9. Mm-hmm. Then I got a spare, and then I got a strike. Mm. Man. If I would have punched out and got all three, I would have had my 300. But it's coming. Uh, yeah. Because I just picked up bowling. Well, I always bowled, but mm-hmm. to take it seriously to have a coach and all that, about two years ago. Mm. So I am above the curve because... I know the mental side of it.
0: Mm. The, How far away are you from going pro? I ain't going pro. I'm what you mean? What, <laughs> you mean? what you mean? you doing 279. I mean, that's going to get you some money. No, because no.
1: you got to understand that when you see these guys on tour, they're on a different lane pattern. What you mean? So um, your lanes are your, your oil patterns like 38 to 42 feet. Some of the oil patterns go right into the pin, give you about a foot before the pin, and you got this much friction, or you got to get your ball to react.
0: Oh man, you getting scientific, man? I
1: can't. <laughs> I understand, but no, I'm just playing. So you have <laughs> you have your standard house shots, yes. that you you master. So for me, um, like I said, doing archery, having a coach there, having us uh, sports psychologists to work with. I know how to play the mental game, yeah. so it's just a matter of time. Um, and I say, probably over the summer, I'll hit three hundred.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. I've been, I've been close, so I know yeah. what that looks like, what you that, that feels know. like. Mm-hmm. You know, and part of that is just turning off the brain and bowling. Mm. Just
0: automatic. That's dope. Mm all right so question number four what book would you recommend for everyone to read right now what book hmm
1: Huh.
0: you can only recommend one
1: what book well To be honest, I would recommend everyone to read the Bible.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Can't go wrong with that.
1: No, but let's see, what book? Um, What book am I reading now? Um, Wow. Because I'm reading school books now. (laughs) (laughs) But what book? Okay. Um I would read any of the series coming out of um uh, Cloud and Townsend and especially for guys to read the Mom Factor. I don't know. Which is a yeah, one ooh, that's it basically talks about the different types of moms that males grew up in. Mm grew up with. Okay and the effects. Um but they had a whole series And I only know about it Because I took their Five year course So um, went through a course For five years? Mm-hmm Oh my goodness SVA um, Church I was attending Took um, We started with 20 guys And finished with 13 Mm-hmm um, That's an accomplishment Right there Yeah Every Wednesday Seven to ten For five years Yep Wow well, when you break it down a week, yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's five years. But um, it took us through, you know, their popular book, Boundaries, um, The Mom Factor. Um,
0: Boundaries. I have that book. should
1: read it. Please. I haven't read it. <laughs>
0: and I feel bad. Uh, that was a that was a gift, man. Shout out to Pastor Omari. He gave me that book a couple years ago. hmm uh-huh. Um, I probably read one chapter because there's one that he really wanted me to read. Mm-hmm. But I just never got around to it. Um, and uh, the way I buy books, uh, some of them I don't even read. You know, uh, to be honest. So that was one of them I didn't read. It, but
1: I get them on I tape. To- I get them on tape. Oh, wait. Hold what? on. Hold on. I got a book. You got
0: Audible? <laughs> yeah, I'm lazy. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. Audible is life-changing, man. Like, <laughs> I, I love Audible. That's, I, mean, I mean... That's a good way to take in like information.
1: Like, um... Um, where's my books? You know? Here we go. So, one that I always, one that I always go back to, um, uh, John Maxwell, Failing Forward. Mm. Um, Then, a couple other books would be, like, what else I got up here? Um, Necessary Endings, How to, Bring closure mm. and how to end relationships, Oof. you know, through, you know, dating, job relationships, you know, mm. and then how people grow. That's a good book. Nice, because you're looking at other people, mm-hmm. you know. Word. Okay. Those are the, those are my. I know you said one, but those are those are books that I still go back to.
0: And that's what's up. Yeah. Okay. So question number 5. Mm-hmm. What message do you want communicated at your eulogy? at your eulogy. I always have trouble saying that word. Eulogy. Eulogy. Mhm. Now you're dead. Mhm. You can't enjoy this speech. What message do you want communicated?
1: That everybody can be who they want to be, but they have to do it under the guidance of God. Mm. Um, because you can't you can't do it by yourself. You know. A slogan we have at our church is God first, life second. Mm. You know. Um, and plus he has the divine plan of, you know, he speaks it in the Bible, I know the plans I have for you. So And that's above your your earthly father and mother and everybody else. He has a divine plan for you. Mm -hmm. So it probably would go along those lines of looking to God uh, first before you do anything. Mm -hmm. Um, And never take no on your dreams. That's a big one. I've worked with a lot of people who have just stunted their dreams their goals their aspirations because of others Mm -hmm. Um, and realizing to accomplish a dream that you're going to go through obstacles Mm -hmm. there's going to be obstacles Um, the biggest obstacles are those haters (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. Uh, it's, it's amazing that most dreams are killed by people
0: that's real man
1: most dreams are killed by people not not the um obtaining it um because if God has planted that desire in your heart there's nothing that can stop you but Mm, that's the message right there people people stop people
0: (laughs) you know that's Mm -hmm. some dream killers out there man that's crazy but that's real.
1: Oh, yeah. That's it's, real. It's it's sad. It's, um, And the saddest part is that people fall for it. Mm-hmm. And they say, okay. But, yeah, that would be. You could be who you want to be under the direction of God.
0: Mm. I like that. Well, William, we've done it again, man. Another hey. great awesome fantastic spectacular episode <laughs> I appreciate you for bringing that knowledge that you've had you know what i mean all the years of, of work that you've been doing to be able to share that with us um it's amazing bro so I appreciate that
1: hey I appreciate you coming back sitting in the kitchen kicking it with you you know it's yeah. uh uh time any topics i you know um this topic of domestic violence i'm I'm versed in you know but anything else i i'd like to come back and
0: sit I yes sir. that's pretty cool yes sir Yes, sir. so yeah many more to come sure but I appreciate y'all that are still hanging with us an hour and 43 minutes and 45 seconds into this thing um if you guys have not listened to part one and part two you have to i mean i probably should have said that before <laughs> you know what i mean but if you listen to it you this far around, i'm pretty sure you will want to listen to those so mm-hmm. make sure you do that um and anything else that you want to listen to, any other topics, y'all, let me know. Hit me up. Um, my email is Socks, S-O-X, and Sandals, S-A-N-D-A-L-S, podcast at Gmail. So that's and podcast at gmail.com. Um, on Twitter, at S-X-S-N-D-L-S. Same thing for Instagram, at S-X-S-N-D-L-S. Uh, hit me up. Let me know your thoughts. Uh, Shoot us some feedback We got a lot of feedback Last week Or not last week But the last time That we did this I know William You got some um, On Facebook I did too Mm -hmm. I had people in my inbox Hit me up Texting me So um, We appreciate the feedback We welcome it Um, Any parting words Man Any way that people Can get a hold of you Anything like that bro
1: Uh, Okay You can get a hold of me On Facebook At uh, William H. Johnson Jr That's so simple Because that's my name (laughs) Um, if you want to, uh, hit me up on, uh, email again, it's William H. Johnson Jr. 57 at gmail.com. Um, I don't do Instagram because they don't give you enough to write, but I do do, um, um, what's that thing? No, I do do Instagram, but you I don't do Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My Instagram is C3PDX, um, uh, underscore Mad Worship man Um, that's, that's me on um, Instagram you know but other than that I, I just like again to give um, great shout outs to Emmanuel for having me here um, we're going to see you guys on the flip side once again but um, we'll bring something new and exciting um, probably outside of the domestic violence world and we might just have a time of that we just kick it you know so
0: yes sir word word and shout out to the plug once again Linda Green we appreciate you For making this happen. Oh, yeah. Can't forget Linda. Can't forget Linda. You should bring us both up. (laughs) (laughs) You know. All right. Yes, sir. So once again, it is the Socks and Sandals podcast where society, culture, history and religion collide. And we unapologetically discuss our worldviews. There is no topic that is off limits. And y'all know that by now. Right. So appreciate y'all for coming out, listening, share share like subscribe comment all of that we need all the feedback we appreciate all the feedback we love y'all grace and peace yes good news that
1: good news i'm evidence i gave you the truest me my truest speech true and deep from the Loosen sleeves of my loose leaf, My flaws and all, see I'm fragile but by grace I am Choosing peace over losing sleep And I must say these sandals fit quite nicely Over these crew release
0: Nike socks, Birkenstocks Oh what a faux pas, unmasked Unabashed, unashamed uh,
1: Hear the voice said of unacclaimed Yeah, hear the voice said of unacclaimed Maybe that's a
0: taboo Maybe it's a fad but maybe just in fact I was used to ripping bad shoes uh, Nike socks, Birkenstocks Oh, what a faux pas, unmasked,
1: a unashamed, uh, hear the voice of the unacclaimed, yeah, hear the voice of the unacclaimed,
0: maybe that's a taboo, maybe it's a fab, but maybe just in fact I was used to wearing bad shows Bad shoes.